on May 30th, 2020, I was battling with a problem. I saw a scripture that pertained to that problem and gave me the answer of the way I was to go. I spent several minutes, if not hours, on that scripture that afternoon. By evening, the subject arose again, which was the problem. And I couldn't even remember a line from the scripture. What had happened? It wasn't deeply enough inside me. And when you fail to get a good root system for the scripture that is an answer to your problem or a scripture which shows you the way to go, if you fail to get a deep root system, that scripture can be snatched from your heart. We see that in Mark chapter 4. The word came, they delighted in the word, and Satan came immediately to steal the word. Or offenses came because of the word, and the individual was offended and didn't cling to the word. Or the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, can cause the word to be stolen away from your heart. So the key is to build a very deep root system, getting that word so deeply into your heart that it rises up effortlessly into your mind to lead you in the way to go, to help you to overcome the temptation with which you're dealing. Whatever the subject is, the word given to you from God is the way of salvation for you. But you must get it deeply inside you. And we do that by keeping that word before us day and night for a day, a month, a year, as long as it takes to get it inside us so it becomes so natural and real to us that it can overcome all of the temptations and all of the people who would stand against that word. The word would be stronger in us than the people or their concepts. On this podcast, I'm going to share details of what I was dealing with because it's something we all deal with. And I'm going to show you how strong the devil can be in trying to steal the word and how we have to hold on to that word and do special efforts as if we're in a great war or a great battle. Our weapons are the scriptures given to us by God. That's what we hang on to and that is what we fight with. The subject that I was dealing with was a television news presentation concerning the policeman killing this black man in Minnesota 
and the protesters rising up against the situation. That may seem like a strange thing to be such a problem, but to me it was an enormous problem because there was not going to be any justice either way. It was evil for the policeman to kill the man, but the protesters were just as evil in the fact that they were seeking vengeance, at least some of them were, while vengeance belongs to God. So they were going in a way opposite to God with their protest. And secondly, many of the, so to speak, protesters, they weren't protesting that at all. They were just breaking into buildings and stealing merchandise for their own lust. The TV camera showed them running out of the building with their own merchant with the merchandise that belonged to someone else. It showed them breaking the glass windows, destroying the building inside, burning some of the buildings. That has nothing at all to do with the subject. It just gave the subject gave opportunity for these protesters to arise and do evil over the evil that had been done by the policeman. It was evil every direction you looked. Then the politicians come along, the governor, the mayor, the newsmen, come along and say, well, the protesters aren't to be blamed. They're just in grief. And that had nothing to do with it. That was a total lie. So there was more grief. So I had grief all around me in my heart concerning this subject. I was grieved over the policeman killing the man. I was grieved over the actions of the protesters in burning buildings and looting and explaining evil. I was grieved over the politicians, the governors, and the newscasters justifying the protesters and calling it grief when it was nothing but evil that had rampantly surfaced in the heart of these protesters and covetousness. Malachi 3.17 Ye have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied him? When ye say, Every one that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them. We weary God when we call evildoers good. When we explain away their evil under the guise of grief, when they're really just evil, we weary God. And we who are of God will be wearied when we see such stories because we have the heart of God. And it wearies us when we hear evil men called good, as in this story. So there was evil all around. My answer was in the scripture In Proverbs chapter 1, starting at verse 10, 
If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. These newscasters are sinners. They just go out there and run toward evil. They really run toward the evil, and they put it in front of us to entice us. But we're told here, don't consent to it. Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. I have to just stay away from them. For their feet run to evil. Oh, how sad it is with newscasters, for they delight in running to evil, to put it before our face. But we are not forced to look at that evil. But if we do look at that evil, that evil is going to grow evil inside us. And that's what's being told us in Proverbs 1. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Some people are enticed by things on television where there are sexual implications. I hate those things. But some people really look for them. I had a woman in our church group who said, we wanted to see R-rated movies. This was what we wanted to see. I was just shocked. And she, she was in our group for 39 years. And she showed an interest in spicy sexual things that were on television. I fast forward through those things when they appear. Pam Paget and I, Pam Paget's a member of the Body of Christ. I live at her house. We were watching a series on the Pacific, uh, the Pacific War. And in the middle of one of the episodes, the men were given leave to go to Australia. I knew that was going to be bad because they were, gone, they were sent there for rest and recreation. Australia was filled with women. And immediately, sexual scenes began to appear. Both Pam and I hate those scenes. We don't want them before our eyes. They don't entice us. So we just fast forward through all the sexual scenes, not seeing them, or any more of them than we could keep from seeing. But there are some people who want to see that. There are some people in the churches who want to see that. It's to your own destruction if that's the way you are. My enticement's a little different. I'm enticed by justice. Now you'd think that'd be a good thing, but there can't be justice on this earth. You're not going to make this earth righteous. God gave me that concept uh, a few months ago. And it's from Second Peter chapter 3 where it tells that in the end the heaven and earth will be destroyed. And in verse 13 we read, Nevertheless, we who belong to God, according to his promise, Look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. You see, we won't have righteousness on this present earth. 
This uh, Minnesota story is an exact example of the fact we won't have righteousness on this present earth. We have hatred. We have the policeman killing the black man. Then we have all of these people rising up to protest. Then we have the protesters breaking into businesses and stealing merchandise and basically wrecking the inside of the store and leaving broken glass all over everywhere where they broke into the store and carrying merchandise out of the store and burning buildings. None of this has anything to do with the subject of the black man being killed. It just gives the protesters an opportunity to vent the anger and evil that is in their own hearts. And then the politicians call it good, and that grieves us. Well, I just have to break myself off from such things as the newscast. When I consider the difference between watching a show like Too Cute, which is of animals, cats and dogs and kittens and puppies, and the difference between watching that and a newscast, it is overwhelming. There is such peace and joy when I watch one of the animal shows. But there is such grief when I watch a newscast. Because the feet of the newscasters runs to evil. They're not looking for Good. They're looking for evil, which is sensational, which is enticing to many people, which grips them and causes them to turn back the next day to the newscast to see more evil. And you're trapped in the evil. So we have to free ourselves in a spiritual way. In this particular instance, God gave me those scriptures in Proverbs chapter 1. They will overcome the evil. The scriptures will overcome the evil and cause me to go in the way of God if I get the scriptures deeply enough in me and meditate on them. They will overcome if I do that. But if I fail to do that, the evil will overcome So it's a battle for our soul. It is so critical. Now, I took those scriptures in Proverbs 1. I thought on them all afternoon that day. And then I put them on an email and sent it to myself, made a page view of it, and put it on my photos in my Kindle so I could look back at it. And I thought I was fine. But then by evening, I couldn't even remember the scripture. I think I finally remembered one word in that, those three verses. And that word was evil. There was a verse that had to do with evil. And when I looked it up, it was their feet runs to evil. Now, at this moment, I can quote it. Because the next morning, after looking at it that night... The next morning, I could quote that one part of the verse. But I couldn't quote all three scriptures. They weren't in me deeply enough that they would cause me to actually do the Word of God. So I had to continue to look at them and work through each section of the scripture. 
of those three verses that were specifically for this subject. And there are verses that will specifically help you in whatever you're dealing with. Specific verses. It's not a thing we do of ourselves. It's God bringing those verses to our attention in that specific situation so that you can actually do the Word of God and escape the trap and escape the evil. But you have to spend time with that verse to get it deeply inside you. Looking again at the problem that I'm dealing with and the scripture that I had that would free me. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. They entice you. They present something that makes you want to see their newscast. But we're told in verse 15, Walk thou not in the way with them. Don't put yourself in their path. Just don't watch it. That will free you once you see the evil. Now, it may be some person bringing evil to you, some friend, some relative. I've had, I have a cousin who was Church of Christ. I think she's probably dead now. She was 97 when this happened a year ago. She did everything she could to get me to stop doing exhortations for the church. It was a real battle. She thought she was doing right. But I had a heavenly vision concerning what I was to do and the work I was to do and what God had put me here to do. But she had an assumption that I could not do this work. So she did everything she could to turn me away from doing exhortations for the church. And I battled her. And finally I told her, in order for me to go with you, I have to give up God. I have to give up faith in God. I have to give up everything I believe God has ever shown me in order to go along with you. And there's a scripture where Paul talked about he did not he did the heavenly vision even though the Jews persecuted him for it he did the heavenly vision when Jesus revealed himself to Paul on the road to Damascus Paul was out to capture capture the Christians and kill them put them in bondage so they could be killed Jesus revealed himself and told him he had called him to be a minister that's in acts 26 he had called him to be a minister. And the Jews came after Paul. The ones who had loved him now wanted to kill Paul. They wanted to stop Paul from doing the ministry of Jesus. And Paul said to, to the king Agrippa, Wherefore, O king, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And that's what I told my cousin. I'm going to do what Paul did and go with what God has shown me. And I never heard from her again. She was 97 at that time. I expect she's dead by now. So we have to cling to the word that God gives us. 
and fight off all the opposition, whether it is your cousin or someone in your own household, or whether it is a television presentation. No matter what the opposition is, we have to fight it. And we fight it by getting that word deeply enough inside us so that we can have that word rise up in us and overcome through doing that word. So it says, Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. Just stay out of their path. If it's a human, avoid them. Don't go near them. If it's a television show, you don't have to turn it on. You have to fight it with doing this word. When you want to turn it on, this word rises up. Refrain thy foot from their path. It's going to be evil. Their path is going to be evil. For their feet run to evil, it says. It run, they run to evil and make haste to shed blood. And they call evil good and good evil. They have it just opposite. They're not of God. They can't see spiritually, and we can. Therefore, we can't put ourselves in their path. I can't put myself in the path of my Church of Christ cousin. She, she's attended Church of Christ all her life and lives by their doctrine, but it's not the doctrine of Christ that I have been shown in the Bible. It's opposite. And she will pull me away if she can. And that's devils, of course, working to destroy me. I must not allow devils to destroy me. If you were out in the jungle, you don't walk in the path of the lion because he's going to eat you if he can. So you don't have to let him eat you. What you can do instead is stay away from the lion. But to have the power over the enticements, we need the scriptures. We need a word from God that we can fight with. For that is uh, the weapons of our warfare, is that word that God gives us. And that's the only thing strong enough to cause us to overcome. And only then is it strong enough if we meditate on it and really focus on it. So it takes an, it's an effort. We have a war going on, and that war is for our very souls to try the devil, the flesh, and other people often try to pull us away from the Word of God. Our weapons that we fight with and hold on to are the Word given us by God. And by doing it, we will overcome. But we have to do it. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus tells us exactly what this battle is. He presents a parable and then he explains the parable. The explanation of the parable starts at verse 14. Jesus says, The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. 
Immediately, Satan brings the opposite concept to the word. Verse 16, And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended, And basically, they turn from the word when that happens. So we have to get the word deeply inside us by thinking on that word until we're strong enough to do that word. Here is an example that happened to me in somewhere in the years uh, 2010 to 2019. A young man read the blog where I had spoken a message about it's wrong to call yourself reverend. And he believed the message. And he received the word with gladness. He wanted me to come to the Philippines to share that word with the ministers because he said they love to call themselves reverend. He wanted me to share that word with his church group. I told him I couldn't travel. So he shared that word with his church group. And much to his surprise, The whole church group got angry and furious with him over that word. And they commanded him to leave the housing where he was living, which was owned by the church group. He had a wife and son, and they lived on church property. And I think he identified himself as a minister to that church group. They demanded that he be out of the property in one week. He told me about it, and I said, do like Paul did. Just go get you a secular job and support your family, and then in your spare time, preach the gospel. Or at wherever you work or wherever you are. He didn't do that. I think instead, he clung to the church group and the property and set aside the word which was truth from God. And that's an example of what Jesus is speaking of here in Mark chapter 4. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves. So they only endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, Immediately they are offended and they turn away from the word and cling to the other. And that's exactly what I think we saw with this young man. About three years, well, I didn't hear anything from him after that, after I told him to get a secular job. He didn't contact me anymore. For three, about three years. About three years after that, I got an email from him saying, An earthquake had hit the Philippines and destroyed their houses. And he wanted me to send him money, which I did not do. How different would his life had been if he had taken his family and left that church property and left that church group and clung to the word and gotten a secular job and preached the real word 
to the people that he came in contact with. That's what Paul did. Paul earned his livelihood as a tent maker. I mean, no telling where God would have moved this young man to if he had sought a secular job. He might not have been in the Philippines. He might have had to go to another country to even get a secular job. Then he would have been removed from the earthquake that hit the Philippines. And he would have been removed by following the word. But he didn't do that because he didn't have enough depth in himself to cling to the word. So we're fighting for our very souls in this subject. Satan will destroy you if possible. You think, oh, he can't destroy me. You're very wrong. It's a battle for each of us. And it will be a battle as long as we live on this earth. But we can be assured when we are trying to follow God that God will always give us the weapons that we need to overcome. But we have to fight. Then in Mark 4, verse 18, Jesus says, And these are they which are sown among thorns. When you try to plant your seed among thorns, what happens? If you are trying to grow flowers and you fail to prepare the land and you throw the seed into an area where there's a bed of thorns and you water the earth and the flower grows up with the thorns, what happens? Who wins out? Jesus says, and these are they which are sown among thorns. Such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. So the battle is there. We have to prepare our hearts with the word of God. We sometimes have to avoid people that would steal the word. We have to maybe move to another location staying away from those people so that we can do everything to hold on to the word. It's like that pearl of great price. That man gave up everything to have sufficient funds to buy that one pearl because it was worth more than anything else in the world. He gave up everything else to get it. And that's the way we are. We give up everything to hold on to that word no matter what is there that's going to affect the word negatively, we are protecting that word that's in our heart to live by it, even if we have to give up everything around us to do it. In Romans chapter 1, there are two verses of Scripture where it shows us God's view of homosexuals and lesbians. When we read God's view in Romans 1, we, no matter what we thought before, we accept God's view on the matter. Verses 26-27, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. 
And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. God's view is homosexuals and lesbians practice vile affections. That has to be our view. For we have to conform ourselves to what God says. So as we go along with that view, someone will come along to us and say, But what about this? They said they were just born that way. A woman said that to me when I shared these verses of Scripture with her. She said, but what about this? On TV, on talk shows, they say they were just born homosexual or lesbian. How could you blame someone for something they were born with? God answered that for me. In Mark chapter 10, there's a scripture where Jesus says, From the beginning God created them, male and female. And that did it for me. It may not have done it for this woman, but for me it settled the issue. No, they weren't born homosexual, lesbian. They were born either male or female. They became homosexuals and lesbians, because God gave them up to vile affections. That's what this scripture in Romans says. He gave them up to be homosexuals and lesbians because they changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. That's what it says in verse 25. For this cause, God gave them up into vile affections. So you see, we agree with the Word of God. We change our thinking to agree with the Word of God. And we hold fast to the Word of God even when others come along to steal that Word of God from us. It's a constant battle. But God will always bring something to us which causes us to believe Him. Now you might present that to them and they might not believe Him, but we believe Him. And we cling to our salvation by believing that word brought from God and holding fast to that word, truly believing that that is the case. All of the scriptures I've spoken today are written for you on our blog. Go to Jesus Ministries Exhortation. On the home page, you will see podcast. Click on this broadcast. All the scriptures are there for you. Once again, the name of the blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.